this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, there you go. Okay. Yes. Okay, so I'm gonna, when I when I do this, you can start, okay, Pastor. Wow. Good morning, and welcome to Top Quality Faith Ministry. You know, uh, as I begin to look at the message that I have for today, I really says, oh gosh, this should have been last week, you know, really looking at resurrection and really understanding the things that God is saying to us. But I really think this ties into, you know, uh, resurrection to me, but, you know, God chooses what message he wants to bring forward to us. And just so happened, this is what he literally asked me to share with you guys. So I'll just you know, step into the message. I don't think I have a long message, but I think it really hits home and it gives you some understanding of how we're supposed to operate and walk in the things of God. You know, uh, I'll say, you know, COVID has, you know, done wonders for many of us. You know, some of us, you know, prior to entering into COVID, you know, we were, you know, fashionably, you know, I would say thinner, okay? And now that we're in COVID, you know, I think a lot of us have grown in many ways. <laughs> and I, I have to make you laugh because I'm one of the people that have, you know, changed as a result of COVID. And I never thought that I would get, you know, more hips uh, <laughs> that, you know, uh, I least expected to have. You know, uh, as I matured in age, I, you know, uh, really tried to maintain my weight in every uh, area in which I thought I could. But now that I'm faced with COVID, I, I find myself, you know, having, you know, extension to my waistline. And I, I laughed because my daughter literally made sure that I understood, you know, as we were looking at clothing, she said, mom, they got, uh, they have, you know, stretch wear that covers stuff like this. And so mom, don't worry about stuff like this. And I'm trying to tell her I've grown into another size of clothes. And she's like, no mom, they got stretch wear that covers all this kind of stuff. And I start laughing because the, best way of actually resolving an issue is basically just putting something over it and covering it up so that nobody will never know okay but the problem is you know and 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 because we know it kind of bothers us and so as i was looking at this particular message i was like lord how do i even begin to bring this forward because this sounds like resurrection but then I know how you work, you give us what you want. And so, you know, I'm grateful for the message itself. And so the best way I can bring you into this message is to really talk about, you know, uh, just change. So um, my husband decided, you know, uh, to really, I don't even know why he decided to do this, but for some unknown reasons, you know, uh, 
I got into riding my bike. And so uh, all of a sudden I get three additional bikes in the garage one day. And to me, it was like, whoa, three bikes. So in addition to my bike, there's three additional bikes. And so one day I decided to say, hey, you guys, let's just all go ride around the neighborhood, you know, and get some exercise, you know, to, you know, to help with, you know, some COVID issues, okay? And so we, you know, get ready to go ride our bikes. And just so happened I look and my bike is not there. He has swapped out my bike and has taken ownership of my bike. And I got some other bikes that are there. So there's a beach cruiser that's there in the garage now. And I was like, okay, maybe I can ride this beach cruiser or whatever the case may be. But it was a nice blue bike that was out there. And I said, I want the blue bike. It's a girl bike. It looks good. You know, I want to be in the more stylish bike because it's more up to date than my bike. So I talked the girls into going riding with me and all of a sudden, you know, Glenn pulls up and he says, hey, uh, where's the bikes at? I said, oh, they're right there. He says, I need to, you know, fix one of the seats. And so with him fixing the seat, I kind of thought that, you know, he was going to make the seat better, but instead he swaps out the seat that's on the beach cruiser and he gives one of them little skinny little seats, you know, like on a 10 speed, but a really, really skinny and ugly seat. I mean, ugly, you know, look like somebody had just, you know, destroyed it, threw it in the trash and Glenn found it and tried to put it on the bike. Well, anyway, Cinnamon looks at the bike and she literally says, I'm not riding that. So that means in order for us to ride, I have to give up the best choice of bike in order to let her ride the better choice of the bike. And I said, okay, no problem. I'll take the beach cruiser with the funny seats. I said, no problem. So then I took my padded seat that was on, you know, my bike. And I put that on the bike with the hopes that it's going to make the seat feel better. You know, it's going to add some extra cushion. That's going to add some support. And so I'm the first one riding out. I'm riding and I'm riding. I'm ahead of them. You know, I'm even at a point whereby I'm so happy that I can try to see if I can ride with no hands. And I'm literally at this point trying to ride with no hands. And I'm way ahead of them. And I look back like, dang, I got to slow down. These girls are not moving. You know, and so then I recognize the beach cruiser has some speed. You know, it's not like a 10 speed, but it has some gears that I can actually use to go up and down. And I'm thrilled, excited. I get to the uh, corner, which is uh, Devonshire, which is the first, the first actual light. That's not even far. And all of a sudden, the bike began to hurt. And I began to be in this place that I'm like, oh, God, I got to do something with this seat. And so I try to swap off bikes, but the kids won't give me the bikes that they have. And they're like, no, mom, no, mom. So then I have this sweat jacket. I take the sweat jacket off and I tie it around the seat to make it more cushionable and, you know, to where I can possibly ride this bike. We cross the street. I'm a little bit more comfortable, and then all of a sudden my legs give out, okay? Now, I haven't went far, and my legs are already giving out. 
And so then I said, well, let me try to set the speed so I make it easier for me to ride. And they're now way ahead of me and they're like, come on, mom, come on, mom. And then I began to recall my age and I was like, hey, I'm X amount of years old. You guys need to slow down and wait for me, you know, wait for me when I was way out in front of them. And the funny part about it is we get to the first place and I'm already off my bike pushing it. <laughs> I'm literally pushing this bike fast. I don't know if I can do this. And so they said, well, you get us out here to ride the bike and you're, you're trying to give up already. And I'm looking back like, should I turn around and go home? And, you know, I choose not to go home and I'm going to fight this out and I'm going to endure. And so we get to the next light. And at this particular point, I'm like, this is too much. This is just a little bit more than I expected. So we turn the corner, you know, and we turn the corner and the corner has a downhill slope. You can get on the bike. You don't have to paddle. You don't have to do anything. Just let the bike take you down the hill. So I let the bike take me down the hill, but I forgot you got to go back up the hill to go home. And so we get down the hill and then I noticed that, you know, you know how you make that little quick turn left and quick turn right. And so we make a quick turn and, you know, I'm still doing good because I don't have to do anything. Then they decide, oh, no, mom, we're going the wrong way. We're at a dead end. We need to find another way. Let's turn and go the opposite. Better yet, let's go get a drink. Sounds good, right? But that's all the way up to Devonshire. So that's a long way away from me, okay? And I'm like, well, that's the exit on the freeways. That's close to this. And I'm calculating in my mind saying, can I do it? Can I do it? Can I do it? Then I say, okay, fine. Let's just do it. Halfway in, I just can't take it no more. And I'm getting off my bike, climbing up the hill, getting back on my bike, riding, getting off the bike, climbing up the hill, getting back up. Uh, walking the bike, doing whatever, okay? And then I see my neighbor and I said, well, maybe if I wave them, they got the truck, they can put me in the back of the truck take me take me home because I can't do this. And we finally get to the place where we get a drink, you know, uh, we get the drink and, you know, it's a uh, smoothie and I'm just like thrilled with the smoothie. And I look over you know, towards the other side of me and in front of me is people on the exercise bikes and they're outside doing the exercise on the bikes. And you know how you just like, I could do that. Better yet, I'm riding my bike. You guys got a stand still bike. You know, and I'm boasting, bragging to myself like I made it here without a problem. And I didn't realize I had to go home. And so I drink up my drink really bad, fast because I don't want to hold on to the drink and try to ride my bike, you know, and you got to hold one hand. You know, I'm already having problems, you know, because the seat is uncomfortable and I adjust the seat, put everything uh, back. The kids take off. I never got out of the parking lot. Yeah. I'm still in the parking lot. <laughs> they don't even turn around to say, Hey, is mom behind us, right? They get the drink and they're gone. You know, they get the energy and they move and they're gone. And 
I'm driving, I'm riding my bike on the sidewalk, just trying to get to the corner, and it's just taking the longest time ever. And then in my mind saying, maybe I should just walk it, maybe I should just walk it, maybe I should just walk it. But I choose not to walk it. And so there's this homeless guy, he sees me and he's sitting on the uh, bench just cracking up laughing at oh, me because no. he can see how far my kids are away and how far I'm behind. And he's just cracking up laughing at me. And I finally just get to the edge and then I have the cup in my hand for my drink. And I don't know what no place to throw it. You know, you don't want to throw it on the ground or whatever the case may be. So you got to still hold on to it. And I'm trying to find a place. And so finally the kids look back and they're probably about two blocks ahead of me. And they stop and they wait on me. And then I say, I don't know what to do. And so Saya squeezes the cup, puts it in between the little bike, little place where you can rest things and store things. And so... She puts it there for me, and she said, you can throw it in the trash when you get home. Uh, I then decide, they say, hey, should we take this way or should we go that way? And I said, we're already going this easy way, so let's just go this easy path. So we get to the place, and I decide I want to take them down a place I thought was faster. It's a dead-end street. And so that means I have biked up this hill, and now I have to come down this hill and I don't have the legs to keep pushing this bike so I decide I'm gonna get off and I'm gonna walk it uh they leave me again and I finally get to a place to whereby you know I'm at a point to whereby I'm saying okay we just need to get home we just need to get home I'm just gonna fight through and get home you know I don't care if I'm you know five blocks away uh, behind them or 10 blocks behind them, but I'm going I'm to I'm do this. I'm going to endure. And even though I'm saying I'm going to endure, I get off the bike. I push it. I ride for a little while. I get off the bike. I push it. I ride for a little while. And this is going back and forth for a long time. And then finally, I just make up in my mind, I don't care how bad this is, how much I'm hurting. Let's just do this. And I get home and I look at this bike and I say, you're going to sit here for a long time because I ain't going to be riding you in a long time. But I get in the house and I feel the pressure of the bike two, three days later, you know, because, you know, when you haven't rolled in a long time, you just feel the uh, imprint of the bike for days on end. Uh, even to the point whereby I, I get up and take aspirin in the middle of the night because my body is hurting. And the Lord began to talk to me about enduring. Uh, you know, we, we always want to be in that place where we want to be numb. We don't want to endure. We don't want to complete whatever we need to complete in order for patience or whatever God is seeking to uh, bestow upon us to occur, we want the easy way out. You know, we want the smooth ride. We want it to be the easiest uh, way. We don't want any difficulties to be uh, in the way of whatever he's trying to do. And so this morning as he was talking to me, he literally was basically making sure that I understood that we can no longer numb ourselves 
but we must pick up our cross and truly follow him and not to be in that place where we're looking for something to prevent us from going through. But we have to be true soldiers that endure and that is really, truly to, to be in this race and to be in that place where we truly seek to glorify our Lord as a result of the things in which he has called for us to overcome. So let's go ahead, dive into the scriptures. We're in uh, John 19, and I really want to walk you through, but then the, uh, I really want to focus on 28, 29, and, and 30, because I really want you guys to really begin to see that, but I got to lead you guys up to that because I want you guys to see what he's enduring and how he's choosing to complete the things that he has been called upon to complete that scriptures may be fulfilled. There's certain things in our life that we are called to do as well so that the fulfillment of Christ may go forward in us and those who we are called to give a testimony to, they can truly see that we're truly, truly, you know, operating in kingdom principles and not in this place to whereby we have not been able to stand up because we're unwilling to endure, you know, and we're constantly checking out. I gave you the example of me riding a bike because in that process, even though I got through it, I checked out, I don't know how many times. Every time it became difficult, I got out of that bike and I, I walked it. You know, I, I still finished the race, you know, by getting back home because I had no other choice. But if my neighbor could have gave me a ride, you think I wouldn't have been in the backseat? I would have even sat on the tail end of their truck or even hit at the bottom of the truck uh, and till I got home because I didn't care how I got home and I was looking for anybody to give me a ride. If I could have hitchhiked, I would have done it. But the key is we have to be willing to stand up in a lot of places that we have not been willing to stand up in the places in the past. So let's go through this and see what he says, because I think this one will really cause you to basically see something from a different point, because it stopped me for a moment. So let's look. Jamila? John 19, verse 1. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers plated a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again and said unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said unto, him, unto them, Behold the man. When the chief priests, therefore, and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto, him, to, unto them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. What makes me stop and look at this, number one, Jesus is outside of who he is because they have now dressed him. Mm -hmm. 
and they have clothed them this way. And a lot of times the enemy tries to dress us and clothe us and fashion us in a way to whereby we can't stand up in the things that Christ is pushing for us to really stand up in. And a lot of times we want to take the easy way out. We're okay with being fashioned in the enemy's garments rather than really standing up in truly the garment of our Lord. And that's that gracie, that's that mercy, that's that favor uh, what that we obtain as a result of us really, really standing and enduring the things in which God has destined for each one of us to walk through. But it's easy for us to be clothed and, you know, our disappointment, to be clothed in our anger, to be clothed in fear, or whatever the enemy chooses to clothe us in. And a lot of times we're not looking to see how the enemy is dressing us up. And he's literally making us look like <laughs> uh, individuals who are unworthy to stand and really, really stand for Christ. So I really want you guys to begin to look at that because the Lord began to show me the garments in which I choose to put on when I have his grace, I have his mercy, I have his favor that I should be mounting up in and truly walking through because that's what I say, yes, Lord. And I say, yes, Lord, even in the event that it's going to be difficult for me. But a lot of times uh, I may not say yes because I'm trying to get out of it even as I have been called to do it. So let's walk forward. John 19, verse 7. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law we ought to, he ought to die, because he made himself the son of God. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid, and went again into the judgment hall, and said unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then said Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he, del he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. There was two things that was made mentioned to me in this particular setting. So as the Lord began to look at, he said, the reason for their crucifying him because he made himself out to be a son of God. And that's where we all have to really begin to say that, hey, we are truly sons and daughters of Christ. And we should be willing to embrace the title in which he has given us. But a lot of times we find ourselves in positions when it becomes difficult to forget what he called us and we get into the places where we are comfortable to really be okay with the enemy basically blasphemy our name as a result of our inability to stand and we need to really truly get into that place where we trust God no matter what and so even in this you can see that Christ is enduring even though you know he's being <laughs> I say called out for what he's standing for. And a lot of times we are called out for what we stand for. And when we're called out, the first thing we do is retreat when somebody calls us something that we're not comfortable with. 
And the Holy Spirit says it to me like this. He said, be ye separated, but in that place of holiness where I reside. So he's asking us to come into the place and be separated, but also take on his character and truly, truly endure. Let's go forward. John 19, verse 12. And from thenceforth, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. There was something else that I didn't uh, touch on, but the Holy Spirit reminded me just then. He literally said, you know, uh, how Pilate is basically at this particular point talking about he has power and authority. Even though we go through difficult uh, things, God still holds the power and authority regarding what we are going through. And it is so important that we understand that as he's bringing us through, not to relinquish the power and authority to endure into the hands of Satan. Amen. And a lot of times when it becomes difficult, what is the first thing we say? Enough. Just like I was saying when I was riding that bike, enough. I can't do this. I don't even know why I talked them into doing this. And I was constantly in that fight with myself, telling myself that I couldn't do it, that I wasn't going to make it, instead of being in that place, encouraging myself to continue to go forward and that the journey in which I was on was shorter than I could ever imagine or expected to be able to get to. I kept looking at, why did I do this? Why did I even sign up for this? What was I thinking? And not in that place to say, hey, I can do this. Hey, I'm going to do this. I didn't have that attitude until I got to that last stretch. And when I got to the last stretch, I was around the corner from my house and I was riding through the gravel. And at this particular point, I'm saying, I can do it. I can do it. But at that point, I, my journey was over with. And a lot of times we're not encouraging ourselves. And so we're, because we don't encourage ourselves in the places, we're easy and quick to check out of the things in which Christ is looking for us to stand up in. So let's go forward again. John 19, verse 13. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover at about the sixth hour. And he said unto the Jews, behold, your king. But they cried out, away with him, away with him. Crucify him. Pilate said unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then delivered he him, therefore, unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two other with him, on either side, one and Jesus in the midst. I make you guys laugh because as I'm sitting here, uh, he's committed. Mm 
He's committed to what he's called to do. And I think about, you know, when I went up the first hill by mistake, you know, my commitment was no longer there. And I want to make sure you guys laugh because on our bike path, there was this couple who was walking to the grocery store. And they looked like they were the happiest couple walking to the grocery store. And I just so happened to see them coming back from the grocery store and they were still this happy couple. And, you know, seeing them coming back from the grocery store, I kind of was a little embarrassed because I was pushing my bike up the hill and they were looking at me. So I, in return, got back on my bike trying to act like I was riding my bike until they passed me because I didn't want to look like, you know, I wasn't enduring and I couldn't do the bike race. So I have to laugh because I was like, oh my God, look at that couple. Let me get back on this bike and let me act like I was riding. So I'm kicking my foot like I'm paddling. <laughs> along the side and I'm laughing now because it's funny but it was so funny so I'm just kicking the ground like come on bike come on bike and I'm acting like I'm talking to the kids so they can't see that I'm in distress oh. <laughs> I am so beyond me that I'm just like I just don't know what I'm doing and a lot of times we're in that place that we're so much in that distress that we're just kicking along the way and we're not really moving but we're making it appear like we're doing something and we're not really doing anything in the things of Christ and so as I sit back and I look at this the Holy Spirit was literally showing me that I must build up myself in order to endure the difficult thing. And when small challenges come, I can't check out. I can't literally be in that place where I can't stand. So imagine if some of us are here upon the return. It literally said that we're going to go through what? Harsh persecution before his return. And half of us not even in the race. Every time something difficult comes, what do we do? We put it down. We run away and say, okay, they can do that. I'm not doing any heavy lifting in the kingdom. And God wants us to be heavy lifters in the kingdom and not quit every time something becomes difficult in our space. So let's go forward. John 19, verse 19. Jesus answered and said to them, And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Wow. And even in this, the Lord was showing me how we just give up what he calls us. You know, what his manner is over us. We literally like, my oh Lord, I don't need that title right now. I can be this person over here. No, I don't want to do this. We're quick to speak something different when things become challenging to us. We don't even want to be called into office or anything. And we literally want to be along the side and be that person that just looks in on everybody else who's doing the work. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever been uh, in a place, because as I was watching these people as they were doing on these exercise bike, and they were going forward, they were going back, they were doing all this, and then she would tell them to stand up. And I was like, I could do that. I couldn't even get home. And I was over here boasting like as if I was this great bike rider. And I couldn't even probably get through one workout song that they had going forward. 
uh, because I was on the sideline looking, I was really trying to say, this is easy, I can do that. And a lot of times we are on the sideline in our relationship with Christ and we're looking on as others are enduring and we're really not even willing to participate at all, okay? <laughs> Let's go forward. John 19, verse 20. This title then read many of the Jews. For the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city, and it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Then said the chief priests of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. And if you really look at it, I love how he's even saying in here, he's, he's writing something and let they want to change it. And when things become difficult for us, we really want to change what God said. Lord, you didn't say this about me doing this. You really said this, right? And we really want to come into a different type of agreement with the Lord. Lord, you didn't really say that I'm supposed to speak to the 5,000 people here. You know, I'm supposed to feed this one over here, right? You know, so we automatically look to change things when it becomes difficult in our space. And so as he was saying to me, I'll say what he said to me. He says, seek not to do things your way but to endure the cross in which I've given you to carry. And he said, and don't try to be in that place where you're polishing things. And so when he's talking about polishing that, you wanna make it easy. And so you wanna dilute things and make it so easy for you to actually get it and then get to the other side and boast as if you've done heavy lifting. He said, you must hear me. He said, for greater work should all of you do. He said, when you're truly willing to endure your cross, And he said, I never said to you that it was going to be easy. I never said that there would be times where it would not be difficult. He said, nor did I say that the weight of the cross wouldn't attempt to crush you. But what I did say to you that I wouldn't give you more than what you can handle. He said, hear me. He wouldn't give us more than what we can handle. And so we need to be in that place where we truly trust God, where we truly you know, stand up for the things in which he has called for us to really walk in and not to be in that place where we're doubting him. Let's go forward. John 19, verse 23. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts 
to every soldier apart, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. They said therefore among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, they parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture they did cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. But then when I was looking for that, looking at that, I said, okay, so what do I do with this particular part? He said, many times you're trying to look at others to see if they're more qualified than you. And you're quick to push them into motion, and you're really on the other side, standing back, not willing to endure. And he said, hear me. He says, for what I have given you, I have given you. And what I have given them, I have given them. So endure in the things in which I have called forth you to walk through. Yes. Let's keep going. Verse 25. Now therefore stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then said he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. But if you guys really look, look at that, so he completed everything. And after he completed everything, he then thirsts. But I need you guys to have understanding of that. So if you can look at what I sent you. Matthew records that as Jesus went to the cross, they gave him vinegar to drink, mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. Matthew 27, verse 34. Mark described the drink as wine mingled with myrrh. Mark 15, verse 23. The drink offered to Jesus was a cheap Roman vinegar wine, which had a drug mixed in to dull the senses. It was the custom of the Romans to offer a man being crucified drugged wine so that he might more easily endure his cross. Jesus refused the wine, however, apparently so that he could go through his suffering with a clear mind. As he neared death, Jesus said, I thirst. John 19:28. One of the prominent effects of crucifixion was overpowering thirst because of the loss of body fluids through open body wounds and perspiration. David prophesied this messianic event saying, they gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Psalm 69, verse 21. John understood that Jesus was conscious of fulfilling scripture. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. John 19, 28. One of the great heresies in the early church was the idea that Jesus was not really human, but as Jesus fulfilled the scripture, he showed that he was truly human and truly deity. 
Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. John 19, verses 29 through 30. And as I began to look at that, I was like, whoa. We always want to numb ourselves to things. And so as I was looking at that, the Holy Spirit was literally saying, we either check out or as we're going through, we literally walk in a place where we're numb to the situation. We're not really enduring and, and wholeheartedly putting ourselves in a position to whereby we're willing to make changes. And not only willing to make changes, but giving it our all. We want the easy way out. We want everybody else to make changes, but when it comes to us, we don't even want to make changes. It's all about ourselves rather than it's about what truly what Christ would do in certain situations. And so as I was sitting outside and I was looking at this particular message, he said, he said, for everything in which you encounter requires something of you. He said, you just can't go through life being numb to the things in which I have destined for you to walk in. He says, I really need you to stand up and to really take your stand for me. And don't lose heart. But to believe that I am able to do all things to you, even when your members give up. He said, even when your members give up. Okay, remember, I'm riding this bike and because I'm concerned with how I look like to others, I act like I'm riding. And what Christ is really saying, that he would have given me the strength to get through if I would have trusted him in that place. But because I looked at my weakness and I continue to speak to my areas of weakness, I, I literally pushed the bike half away. So uh, something that I really loved doing became something that really overpowered me and I wasn't willing to even begin to, to ride the bike. Better yet, it felt better pushing it than riding it. And so the Lord was showing me in that particular example is that sometimes I do this in a lot of areas that he's looking for me to really stand up in and I'm willing to, you know, do whatever. You know, he'll rise, call, get me to rise early morning. And, and what I say is, okay, Lord, I'll rise, but I ain't going to get out of the bed. And I'm going to, in return, pray. But I know if I stay in the bed, what's going to happen? I'm going to be asleep. But in my mind, I fulfilled what you called me to do. I did pray. But you didn't tell me how long to pray. But I did pray. So in essence, I fulfill, but then when I'm in need 
I'm looking to hear his voice and I'm readily up. I'm readily doing stuff. And then that's when he's not willing to speak. And then I'm sitting back like, where are you? You, you need to be here. I'm ready to endure, okay? I, I picked up my cross. Come on. Come on. Walk alongside of me. Follow me, Lord. And, and, and then he's not there. And, and, and you cannot take your cross up when it's convenient for you. You got to take it up all the time. And that's what he was literally showing me in this message. Uh, I want to numb myself. So every time I'm going through something difficult, oh, let me numb myself out of this. Okay, because Lord, I don't really want to do this. And so I'm always taking sip on vinegar and the not so great wine because that's the way I want to go through life. Let me take a sip, okay? Let me take a sip and and I and I'm drinking in foolishness rather than drinking in the things that Christ has caused me to really, really stand. And so when I sit back and the scripture talks about uh, let patience have the perfect work in you that you're lacking nothing. Okay, so I'm impatient when God's not speaking to me. And in that place, if I had endured, I wouldn't be in that place where I'm impatient. And so as I was sitting outside listening to the Lord, he was literally saying to me, he said, when will you just stand? He said, when well, will you just believe that I have you? He says, I'm here with you throughout your full journey. He said, there's never a time I check out. He says, nor have I left you in places. He says, I've always been there for you. And he says, I'm only asking that you stand with me. I'll show you the way. And he says, and I will even lighten the load as you go forward. He said, but I need you to walk alongside of me. And he says, and I never ask you to get ahead of me, but walk alongside of me. And he said, and if you fall short, I'll carry you. I'll lift you up. I will ensure that you get through. He said, but some of you must start somewhere. And he says, the place, place that I want you to start is in your agreement to stand with me. He said, not only just this day, but this day and every day after. He says, stand for righteousness, stand for truth, stand for me. And he says, and I assure you, that I will be along with you every step of the way. Then he said, don't give up.
because he's literally saying to me is that what the enemy is trying to put out there, you don't want to be without him. He said, listen to my words. And so as you begin to listen to that, not until he finished everything did he complete. They drink of the wine. He completed everything and then he took a sip. But instantaneously it was over. And he says, and that's what I'm trying to get you to see. When you really, really step up, it's going to be over some. You won't have to keep repeating some of the things that you've been not standing up in. He said, you'll find that it'll be easier and easier and easier to get to the other side. And whatever that other side of the situation may be, he said, the more you endure, the more you'll say, I got this. Lord, I know. I, I, I can see you in this. And you won't be in that place to whereby you're looking for me when I'm already standing there with you. He said, be not afraid, but fight the good fight by standing in faith and enduring the things that I have set forth your victory to be in. Did you hear? He said he's already set for us to have victory in a lot of things. <laughs> We've got to get up. And, and I go back to the bike because when Glenn made it appear that he was doing us a favor when he got out, of the car. So he gets out the car and he's like, oh gosh, you guys haven't left? Oh, let me change this bike seat out. I thought he was putting a better seat on, but he was taking the best seat and keeping it for himself. And he put a, like I said, a tiny seat on a beach cruiser. Beach cruisers don't come with tiny seats. And, and in that, it made it hard for me to endure because a beach cruiser doesn't go as fast as a 10-speed. And it is somebody just to cruise alone, okay? It's somebody that's not paddling fast, just really looking at everything around them, looking at the houses, you know, taking the, uh, uh, the area around them in. And so as I began to look at that, I didn't have time to take nothing in because everything that was going on in my body was taking itself in. And I was literally thinking that I wasn't going to make it. But when I got home, all I could do was celebrate because I recognized even where I was falling short, he still gave me the ability to get home. You know, I would love to have had a ride home, but my neighbors didn't recognize me because I had a mask on. And I'm like, hey, neighbor, hey, neighbor. And I kind of thought that they would have picked me up in two seconds flat. But it was for me to get to the other side and to recognize that I could do it. 
And a lot of times it's for us to recognize that we can do it. And so we got to stop checking out of things and really, really walk all the way through it because there's victory in it. And God doesn't set a table and then doesn't prepare something that is pleasant for you. And so what he's literally saying today, pick up your cross. Don't be afraid. For I, for I will see you through all things. And he literally said, trust me. He said, trust me, for I haven't left you, nor will I forsake you in any places that I have called forth you to stand in. Think there's a little bit more? Being at the point of death, Jesus wished to say his final words. His parched lips and throat needed moisture, so he accepted the vinegar. The vinegar wine was offered to Jesus as they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. Hyssop was of extreme significance to the Jews because it would remind the Jews of the first Passover night when each household among the Israelites in Egypt slew a perfect lamb and put the blood on the doorpost so that the death angel would pass over the houses of the Israelites. Moses had commanded the Israelites, ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin and none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. Exodus chapter, tw chapter 12, verse 22. It was the blood of the Passover lamb that saved the Israelites from death. On the cross, the perfect lamb of God gave his life's blood to save mankind. His last words from the cross were, it is finished. Jesus came to serve and to carry out the will of the Father. In his life, ministry, and death, he perfectly fulfilled the will of his Heavenly Father and made the perfect sacrifice for mankind. Angels before the throne of God praised Christ's sacrificial love, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Revelation 5, 12. And so as I begin to look at the last part of this, the Lord began to say, put yourself in the last part of that word. So if you can read it, the angels are looking to say for us. Can you read that again? Worthy. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. So he's saying, worthy are you when you endure because you receive power. Can you read Riches, that? wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. This is what we're after. 
And even as you begin to hear this, I can feel even the anointing on the words as they come forward. And so I'm speaking this unto you. As you endure and you stand up for the things of Christ, you shall receive, one more time, Jamila. Power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. And so today I offer that to you as you stand and you take up your cross and you're truly following your Lord into victory after victory after victory, after victory. Better yet, he says, into glory upon glory upon glory yes. and upon glory. Yes. And this is his desire for us this day. I ask that you receive the word that he has spoken over you and you truly, truly trust that he's with you. Now you don't give up but you're fighting the good fight of faith and you're pressing no one towards the goal because the prize has already been set for each and every one of us. And we all know that he will say to each one of us, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and enter into a true place of rest. And so this day, I extend his word to you, believing in his resurrected power that causes us to endure doing all things. And so, for that new believer who may be weary, who may have given up, simply ask that you come in agreement with the word as well. And your agreement is simply is, Lord, come in, be my Lord, be my Savior, be my God. Help me to endure under all circumstance as I receive of your salvation. And if you are that new believer listening in, I welcome you to God's kingdom. But I also impart his spirit unto you that his spirit may keep you in all God's ways and strengthen you as well. That God may be able to pour out mightily in the places where you most need him. This I asked in Christ Jesus' name. And for top quality faith ministry members, Pick up your cross, follow Christ. It's worth it. Yes. In Jesus' name. So it is done. Amen, amen, and amen. amen. Have a blessed day, and I pray that your resurrection day was great. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. amen. If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.